Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. You're welcome back. So, half seven on a Thursday. John Giles is on the line. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So, Liverpool had a chance last month to go ten points clear at the top if they'd beaten Manchester City. They couldn't do that. They've had... Opportunity since then to stretch their lead and fail to do so and now City have gone top, albeit with Liverpool having a game in hand. What do you put it down to Liverpool's struggles over the past few weeks? Is it is it a question of bottle? Is it nerves? Is it just the team not playing well? Well, I don't think they've played well as they can play, uh, Nathan. Nerves, it could be. It could be nerves from the manager. Uh, but they certainly haven't played well. Uh, and the reason I say nerves from the manager is because Last week um, against Leicester, they lost a goal from a free kick. Mm. Uh, and the other night against West Ham, they lost another goal from a free kick. Uh, and that obviously has to be poor preparation for it. Uh, no, because free kick, you can, play not, you, can, you can play not so well, Nathan, but still not give goals away against free kicks. Mm. You know? And how would you put that down to nerves from the manager? Um, well, that's, I'd say, well, first of all, I'll, I'll come back to the nerves. I'm talking about preparation now, yeah. right? I'm just getting off the subject a little bit. Against Leicester, they lost the goal last week where there was a free kick knocked in. They hadn't, they, actually, I think they hit it straight back to the kicker and ran out. And the kicker got it straight back in uh, over Van Dyke's head and there was a goal scored against them. Mm. Now, in my opinion, right preparation is with free kicks. When you're in the box like that and the ball comes over, you don't actually run out unless you clear the ball. In other words, you knock it out for the throw in, you knock the halfway line, then you get out. In this occasion, <clears throat> they didn't get out, and Maguire was left to score a header. I think that's bad preparation. Now, the other night against West Ham, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm, I'm hopping onto this now, there was another free kick that cost them another two points in that particular match. Mm. And this, this preparation was even more outrageous. Uh, the free kick was, and, and the high, high, high wall they call now, there must have been only about 10 to 15 yards between the ball and the back line in Liverpool, uh, Nathan. And they got cut out on it, and a few minutes afterwards, Rice might have scored from a similar situation. So that was, that was bad preparation. Now, I'm hopping around a little bit here, Nathan. Yeah. And after the match, I think this is where the nerve showed. Klopp went and had to go at the referee after the match. Did you see that? Yeah, where he basically said, even though the Liverpool goal was clearly offside, that because the referee, which he's probably correct, was made aware at half-time that the officials had got that wrong, he was basically trying to make it up to West Ham in the second half. Well, that doesn't happen. That, that's what he says. You know, I heard a hard goal was offside. I'm pretty sure that the ref knew that. So in, uh, in 50-50, he gave it in their favour, Right. That's what that's what that's what Klopp is saying. Well, this is this is an outrageous statement in in my in my case because what he's saying: all referees who make a mistake in first halves make it up to the opposition in the second half. Now, it, I didn't think him make see him making up anything to Liverpool in the second half. Uh, in fact, if you if you remember near the end, Origi had a great chance, mm. who, who was also offside. You know. So I don't think there was any bias on the referee. And, and, and what he's saying in all matches, that if the referee knows it, what he's saying, I didn't know it was an offside decision. 
if I had known it was an offside decision, I, I could have uh, I could have understood why the referee gave 60-50-50 against us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Nathan? In other words, he didn't know, so therefore it was wrong. It was, he, he couldn't understand given the bad decisions. But if he'd known that the referee knew, he would have understood it. Yeah. The, the defensive side of things then, what you're yeah. talking about there with the set pieces, and particularly the goal against West Ham on uh, on Monday night. Yeah. And they conceded one, they could have conceded another couple of goals. And you say there's there's such a short, small gap between where the free kick's been taken from and, and the line Liverpool are defending. And there have yeah. been times, this isn't something new either. This has been going on all season where from free kicks anywhere near the halfway line, they push up maybe at times 10 yards outside their own penalty area, hold an unbelievably high line. Yes. And they've got away with it time and time again where what? maybe the offside has just about gone under favour or like with Declan Rice, they've missed the opportunity. For What do you think the potential benefits are of playing that high line? What, like, what, what, what do you think Klopp uh, is thinking you about? You just said that they could have lost other goals from this particular mm. situation. There is no benefit from it. You see, when you're making a mistake in football, in matches... Uh, like you're, you, you, you said there about the, the free kicks. Of course you can make mistakes and get away with it. But somewhere along the line, if you continue to do it, Nathan, then you will lose goals from it. It's like the fullback being in a bad position uh, that, that could cause goals. You could get away with it for six, seven or eight matches. But somewhere along the line, it's going to catch you. And if you keep doing... I, I, in fact, the high line I saw from Liverpool the other night was the highest I've ever seen in a match with other teams, all from Liverpool. It was unbelievably high. A huge gap between the back line and the goalkeeper. Mm. Now, uh, the, the problem there, as I see it, that to do that, you have to practice it. In other words, on the practice ground, they must be doing that. Yeah, so, unquestionably. You know, like it's what they do for every free during kick. The, during the week, say Van Dijk, who is a leader, mm. right? he would say, I think we're too far back here, Right. But, but, and he might have, now I'm only guessing, he might have said that in training, but somebody, and this comes back to the manager, would have said, no, this is what I want you to do. Right? Now, and when you're holding that high line, and Van Dyke would be a leader, there's nothing he can do about it on the day. Now, you know, mm. he has to do, you're practicing that, and you have to practice that a lot as a professional team. You practice those free kicks against. That's what they must have been practicing. So it didn't happen by accident the other night against uh, West Ham. Mm. That's what they've been practicing all week. So there was nothing they could do about it. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's that high, but the fact is that's what they did. And they were found out doing it for the, for the first goal. And as you say, Rice had an, an even better chance for the second goal from the same situation. Right? That's what I, I'm talking about on the pitch. Off yeah. the pitch, I think that the, the reaction of, um, of, the, of the manager, Klopp, to go to the referee and then explain afterwards in, in, in the newspapers why uh, he didn't understand why the, the referee was biased against him. I didn't think he was biased against him, uh, but the reason he, he gave was incredible. I don't think he, he handled himself well after the match at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I That's guess... usually nerves from him, Nathan. That's what I'm trying to point Sorry, I'm trying to point out. That could be nerves from him. Now, if the manager's nervous, everybody's going to be nervous. So you 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 sense that the players will 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 sense that as well that they're watching Klopp, they've realised what's happened in the game that actually they were probably quite fortunate to come away with with even a yep. point from West Ham, and that the manager's making excuses. Well, definitely. 
or his behaviour with them. I, I don't know. Now, I'm only guessing now. But I'm, what I'm saying is that it, I think the, the, re, the reaction of Klopp after the match uh, was a show of nerves from him because it, it wasn't... It wasn't I couldn't make out mm. what he was doing. There was no sense to what he... He went out and had to go at the referee in the centre circle. Then he had to go at him later on uh, in a match where the referee had awarded a goal for them that was, that was uh, definitely offside. And the last chance of the game was definitely offside. And he didn't blow for that either. So if you look back at the match, the referee was quite kind uh, to, to uh, Liverpool. Whereas he's saying that if he'd known that the referee knew about this, he would have understood him given these 50, 60... Uh, uh, 40, 50 and all that uh, uh, bias towards them. Now what I saw at the match, I didn't think referee was biased towards West Ham in the second half at all. Mm. So that's a reaction. You know, he's, he's reacting to referees out in the middle of the pitch, he's having to go at them. In fact, he might get in trouble for it. Now if he's shown, and I think that's a show of nerves, now if he's shown the no, no, nerves on that occasion, then he hasn't just done it in the match, Nathan. Now I'm only guessing and I'm only giving you my opinion. I might be totally wrong on it. But that's the way I would see it. So Liverpool, they're down to second, but they do still have a game in hand. They're yeah. at home to Bournemouth this weekend, and then they have a tough couple of games between the Champions League. They have to go to Manchester United. They have to go to Everton. When you look at the way they've struggled over the last couple of matches to maybe get to the level, that certainly that they played with during December, what, what can Klopp do? What can Klopp do in the training ground to re-energise them for the final 13 games to keep themselves in this title race? Well, there's nothing, there's nothing more you can do. To be fair to him, I mean, he has a few injuries. Henderson was out when mm. Andam was out the other night. Gomez is, is a long-term, uh, long-term injury. So they're, they're players that, that he, he would need and with all these matches coming up. So he's, been, he's unlucky in that respect, Nathan. But you don't suddenly become a top team to a bad team. And then, like each match you have to take as it comes along, you know, if you look at the last week, for example, last two weeks, you know Manchester City got to Newcastle. They're expected to win. They don't. City, uh, sorry, Liverpool expected to win against uh, Leicester. They don't. They expect to win against. That's the way the, the league works. Yeah. And th- there's a lot. There's thirteen. I think there's thirteen or fourteen games to go yet, Nathan. So there's nothing that you can take for granted except to go out and do your stuff week in and week out. And like it remains to be seen now whether Liverpool can do that and Manchester City. But Manchester City have had a good recovery from the time only, what, two weeks ago, people were saying, oh, they're finished, and, uh, you know, Everton, have, or, sorry, Liverpool have gone, whatever it was, seven, seven points clear, front. Yeah. That's only two weeks ago. You know, they, they were, they, like, like the papers are saying about Liverpool now, what they said against Manchester City two weeks ago. Yeah. And City have made a recovery. But nobody, nobody can, can anticipate what's going to happen. you just got to go out and do your stuff. Uh, but if you show, what somebody said to me, which is great, if Liverpool are showing nerves now, Nathan, there's 13 matches to go. You know, teams have shown nerves when there's three, they're on the lead with three or four matches to go. This is a long, long, long way to go if you're getting nervous now. So I think Klopp has to get, get, get on top of them again and get them back to winning ways. And that, that's his job to do that. And this is a huge week for Manchester City. They've already won against Arsenal. They beat Everton last night and they've Chelsea to come in our live yes. game. On Sunday, it feels like a very different Manchester City, though, right now than where they were, say, 12 months ago when they were blowing teams around. It feels like a very professional Manchester City, sort of calm within themselves. They're, they're scoring goals at important moments against Arsenal. They make that breakthrough just before half-time. Again, last night, they score in first-half injury time and in injury time at the end of the games. That There's an assuredness around City. Well, there is now. But, I mean, two weeks ago, there wasn't. You know, They played the loss at Newcastle. They played very, very poorly. 
uh, at Newcastle. They have recovered well. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, last year they didn't make mistakes, like losing at, at Newcastle the way they did. So they're not playing as well as they, la- they were last year. But you, could, you can only go on the last match, not, not two weeks ago. Last match, last two matches, actually, they played, they've played well and won well against teams that they, they might have dropped points against. Yeah. But that's the way it is. I mean, that's on paper. Every match is on paper, but you've got to go out and do your stuff. Again, you go back to Liverpool. Liverpool would have been well fancied last week to beat Leicester. They didn't. One fancy to beat West Ham. They didn't. But it's a long, hard season, Nathan. You know, it comes and goes. As I said, Liverpool are getting the, the, uh, the criticism now that only two weeks ago, Guardiola was getting. Yeah. Uh, Fernandinho, I know you were impressed with last night and played in a different role on Sunday against Arsenal as well at the back and moving into midfield. And yeah. uh, Kevin De Bruyne has struggled with injury this season. David Silva just seems ever so slightly off, particularly over the past month or so. Like That's a huge boost to Guardiola, the way Fernandinho seems to have been able to step up at 33 to such a crucial role in the middle of the midfield. Well, I, I've never been a great fan, a really great fan of Fernandinho, uh, Nathan, I must say. He, 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 he put, everybody puts him in the, the defensive midfield role uh, part. Mm. Uh, and I've seen him sometimes not getting on the ball as much as he should. Uh, last night, now I only saw the highlights, was the best I've ever seen him play. He, got on, he, he did his stuff as a defensive midfielder. I don't agree with the defensive midfield player, you say. But he got his tackles in, but he got on the ball, and, he, and, his, and his distribution was brilliant. Uh, what I saw of the Everton match last night, he was really, really good. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a that's a good thing. I I don't I don't agree. I didn't agree with the attitude last week of playing him in the back and then going into midfield, uh, Nathan. Why? I think it was it was tricky. I think what you, what you could have done is play him at the back and at the right time come into midfield. But if you're encouraging him to come into midfield, at somewhere along the line, there's always an opportunity, and always a chance that he'd lose the ball. Then you can't. There's not. You can't play two positions at the one time. He couldn't be in the defensive positions. For example, if he got on the ball and gave it to somebody and went again as a midfield player and lost it, you couldn't get back in time, Nathan. Mm. You just can't. So I thought that was a bit tricky. And, and, and Guardiola does that a bit from time to time. He does some tricky things that I, I, I would I would never I would never never agree with for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. You know? But he tends to get away sense. with them. Playing him at the back and moving into midfield at the right time, when the right, no problem. There's no danger in that. But actually getting him into midfield when they were on the attack, I don't see the sense in that. But anyway, it worked out well for them. They played extremely well against Arsenal and beat them, beat them comfortably. John, stick with us. Quick break. Plenty more to talk about. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. John Giles is still on the line. 53106 is the text number. John, I just wanted to talk to you about Wilfried Zaha because he was handed a further match ban, fined £10,000 by the FA after his red card against Southampton a couple of weeks ago where he was sarcastically applauding the referee. He'd been kicked up and down the pitch in that game, as, as he seems to be in most games. Is it right that applauding a referee receives a punishment like this, whereas the players can go in and threaten to break his leg and almost do serious damage constantly and they get away with it? Does he have reason to feel aggrieved? Well, well I didn't see that particular incident, uh, Nathan, so I can't comment on it uh, anyway. But I think uh, he, 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 he does, he, like all players, he gets some, some punishment on the pitch. But if you know the, the rules are, you can't do that to the referee. In my experience with referees, Nathan, it never became personal. 
like clapping them or having a go at them publicly or that. You'd no chance with them. You know, you say, off you go. Mm. Or you did, like in uh, Sahar. You can't, but Sahar would know you can't do that. Yeah. In fact, I think he, 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 he clapped him uh, and then got a yellow card and clapped him again, or clapped him when, again when he was coming off the pitch. You, you can't do things like that. You know you're going to get into trouble. You, you just can't do them. No, now, does he, he deserve more protection, though? In his head yeah. that it was a bad tackle and, and that, but, you, but they're, they're the rules of the game. You just can't do it, you know? Does, does a player like him, though, a real talented, creative, attacking player, full of tricks, does he deserve more protection from referees? Well, I think he does if if it's the referee thinks it's genuine. Now, what I see of Saha, he's a very, very talented player, Nathan, but he does a lot of diving. You know, definitely does a lot of diving. I've seen him in loads of matches, very talented. There's sometimes he does get a bit of stick, but there's nothing worse, nothing better for for the opposition to to, to know that you're playing against diving mm. and getting other players, uh, you know, free kicks against and sending offs and uh, yellow cards. He's done that. Now he's a very talented player and he does get a bit a, a lot of stick. But I'd say 50 percent of the fouls that are given for him are. Uh, because he's diving. Yeah, he definitely developed a little bit of a reputation, that's for sure, over the last few years. But, as you say, teams definitely seem to target him. Yeah, but they uh, don't uh, like pitch. There's, no, there's nothing worse than playing for it when somebody's diving and they get you booked. You've got, they're going to have a go at you. They're going to have a go tonight. I'm not saying that's right, but mm. that's the way it works. Now, in, in, in my case with referees, I think he's kidded a lot, an awful lot of referees to get penalties and free kicks, as some of the players do. But that's what I think of Saha. He's a very talented lad. And the, the, but there's nothing, and there's a lot of diving going on in the game today. But he, I'd say he's up there now with the best when it comes to diving. And he, when you do that, then you're, you're going to have people have a go to you when, more so than, than, than other people. And referees also who are made to look fools nowadays, you know, because you have replays and all sorts. That he's given, you know, give, he's given them the benefit of the doubt. And yeah. You've got a penalty and things like that. Other players hate that, and referees don't like it, Nathan. So if you get a reputation like Saha has, and he has definitely been diving a lot, then referees are made fools of sometimes, and they won't give him the benefit of the doubt. That's for sure. And I've seen matches where that's that's happened. Yeah, and I guess opposition players know that as well. They feel they can get away with a little bit more with them. Yeah, you know, you, like it. I think if if if, if there's a lot of diving going on today, there's no doubt about that. But he'd be up there with the with the best of them when it comes to that. And he is a very talented player, but he's got to get get rid of that stuff. And don't be blaming the referees. The opposition hated the referees. Hated as well. So he's he's on a loser in that particular situation. Where where, where do you stand in general? On diving, I, I know people are sort of split down the middle. That it's it's not the sort of thing quite often that's premeditated. It happens in a split second. Though, as you say, there are certain players who seem more prone to it. Like, do you see that this is a a a part of the game that really needs to be stamped out? That we need to see a lot more suspensions, or do you just see it as part of the game? These things happen. I don't see it as part of the game, Nathan. I, I, when I watch the game now, I see a lad and he's gone past the the the, the defender, and he gets a little nudge, and he goes down. Be better off staying on his feet. Mm. You know, it's just it, you see. There's definitely things in football that uh, become part of the game. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it a copycat effect in football. There's no doubt. And I mean, even recently, I've seen Harry Kane diving. Mm. You know, now Harry Kane up to this year, I've never seen him dive before. 
but it does become part of the game. It makes it very difficult for the referees. It makes it difficult for the defenders who haven't really touched them. And the players, it, 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 it's an art in itself. And I must say, this day and age, they're brilliant at it. But I think there's times they could definitely stay on their feet. Yeah. And at full pace, going through, they're brilliant at it. They can actually nearly trip themselves up. You know, they're able to catch themselves with mm. the back of the right foot and the back of the left foot. I wouldn't like to be a referee in, 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 in a situation where I had to make a penalty decision on that because there's lots of times I'm watching the real match. I don't know whether the fellas dived, whether there's been contact or not. Yeah. It's part, it is part of the game now. And it, but the, the thing is in football, when it happens to you, your players hate it. Right? When, when, when one of your players doesn't get a penalty, <laughs> he gets a pat on the back. So there's a lot of um, cynicism in this particular situation. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you hear the, you hear the managers. Oh, I, I don't. I couldn't see him diving, you know. But they can see the opposition diving. There's all that going on, and that's going back for a long time. Wenger's mm. time, uh, Ferguson's time. Uh, you know, where it was always the referee's fault. It was always somebody else's fault. And it's got into the game, and it's part of the game now. And it, it, the, way the, the pace of the players at times now, it's very, very... I wouldn't like to have my life on spot and somebody going through, Nathan, where he goes down, whether he's tripped himself up or not. Yeah, and I imagine it'll be uh, plenty of fun and games and quite a talking point next year as well when VAR comes in as to exactly what is contact, what isn't contact, and uh, how easily players go down. Well, we'll have a better chance with that, Nathan. We yeah. definitely have a better chance of it. And, now, and if, if, if I think it will, it will show up certain players because sometimes it, it can be caught. Uh, even, you know, we got it on the VAR, it can be caught. And then to find the players or, or, or suspend them in, in, in a harsh type of way. Uh, because what you've got to do is get at the managers. You know, if, if the player is caught doing that and he goes off, the first thing the manager will say to him, I don't want you doing that again. It's like, the, the, you know, the pulling and pushing the corner kicks. Mm. You no. Know? Yeah. That's, that's been going on for a long time. They still haven't got a grip of that in, entirely. But if, if the VR comes in and shows that's happening, and, and the centre-half, for example, gets a penalty against them, the first thing the manager will say to him, I don't want you doing that again. At the moment, everybody's getting away with it. Everybody's getting away with that. Well, nearly everybody's getting away with the diving. But in, certainly in Saha's case, uh, he's, he's 50% right and he's 50% wrong. <laughs> John, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, John Giles there, half seven every Thursday. If you missed out on any of that, it'll all be up on offtheball.com very shortly. Quick break, and we're going to be joined by Andy Dunn. We'll be checking whether he thinks Quinn Rue is good enough to play for Ireland. That's up next. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.